Welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it is an entertainment talks podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is Roberts. How are you today? I'm good. I am coming to you live as we record from sunny South Florida. Work has me on the road this week. So I'm a little loopy and super tired because I woke up at 4 a.m. to get to the airport at 5 a.m. today. Hmm. And so as we're recording this, I've been awake for about 12 hours straight. Hmm. Cool. Well, I guess that's cool in a certain way. Um, yeah, I was a little bit sort of angsty and tired and annoyed at certain things earlier, but I've I've sort of calmed down. That's happened a lot of times before, actually, where like it'll be a few hours until <clears throat> I go to record any of the podcasts that we do. And I'll think like, oh, I don't want to be, so I hope I'm not in this mood in like a few hours. But usually when I go up to record, that all kind of just goes away. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. So, uh, But anyway, in the meantime, between last week, what have you been playing? Uh, I've been bouncing around a few things. I'm still playing the uh, my replay through of Kingdom Come Deliverance. Mm-hmm. I'm remembering what I love so much about that game and also what frustrated me so much about that game. <laughs> Um, I was really, like I mentioned last week, I touched on it briefly, but I was really, really hoping that in all this time, because we're up to patch like 1.8 now, I was really hoping that they would fix the load time issues, but no, they're still like super slow load times. Like if you save and you need to get back into doing something, you know, go get a drink or take a bathroom break because you, know, you ain't going to be in the game anytime soon. And then I picked up uh, Trials Rising because the standard edition was on sale. And I wasn't too sure if I wanted to go for the full thing or just try the standard. So I just picked up the standard. Um, was it even in the other editions? I don't... Well, that's for the like the future DLC, so... Okay, right. But like I said, I wasn't sure if I was going to want to do that yet. So I just picked up the standard edition. Uh, I love... You know, the fact that they're throwing in random ghosts in the game, you know, for people, for you to have people to race against, so it's not yeah. just people that are on your friends list. But that's making the load times longer. It's not the quick, quick end of the game like the other ones used to be. Now when you restart, yeah, that, that thing pops right up. But once you get, uh, you know, getting from the, the main screen into the actual race, it's taking a lot longer than it should hmm. for a trials race. So it's the, this is the first time in quite a while we've, we've actually played the same game. Because uh, I've mm-hmm. been playing Trials Rising as well this week. Do you, what, What's your history with the other games? Because obviously, as some of you guys know, I've played all of them, all the other ones. Yeah, I've played all the Trials games. I loved uh, Blood Dragon just because it was such a goofy departure. Oh, no, I'm thinking that's not Trials, dumbass. That's uh, um, Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon. Oh, that's the good it's the one. worst Trials game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I... This is the result of me being awake for 12 hours. Yeah, you're thinking and the, the Far Cry being, yeah. yeah, the Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon was great. I Maybe saw enough of the Trials Blood Dragon to hate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's it's hilarious. It's so tongue-in-cheek. It's basically like a like a goofy 80s action movie romp come to life. Okay. Cool. Um, but yeah, so which of the games do you like, I guess, more than the others? Ah, uh, well, that's not really a thing, because the games yeah. are so different that you can't really compare them. It's not even comparing apples to oranges, it's like comparing apples to football. Um, I mean, the Trials, it's all about, um, you know, knowing the game. And I do like that they have a much, much, much more expanded tutorial in this game. I don't like the level caps, I don't understand the point of the level caps, yeah. I find them needlessly pointless. 
I don't get the loot box, even though you don't actually have to buy loot boxes. I don't get the fact that you get them constantly, and I've honestly just forgotten about them. I've probably got like seven or eight that I need to open. They're just kind of sitting there. Yeah. But they don't really do anything. I actually like the older version of, you know, just earn coins and buy the stuff with coins. But now, every time you hit a level, which is pretty much every time you beat a track and get a gold rating on a track, you're going up a level, so you got another loot box to do. Yeah. I opened the first one that I got just because I was curious to see what they actually put in there, and then it was just like gloves and a wheel thing. Or yeah, something. it's it's nothing that affects any stat or skill because no. it's not an RPG. You don't have stats or skill, so it's all just like accessory mods mm. if you want to look weird. The, the funny thing is, is it, let's say you got like a booster for your bike that wouldn't necessarily make you better. <laughs> then, no. Because with trials, it's more about like, it's less so about like, oh, you've got, your gun is rated 60, and mine's rated 50, so you're better than me. It's more of a case of like, okay, can you, uh, as the player, balance your bike properly, accelerate when you need to, brake when you need to, turn left or uh, move, I guess, backwards and forwards. It's left and right for you on the stick, but mm-hmm. uh, backwards and forwards. It's more about that and Sure, you do have like bike speed, bike handling, and all that sort of thing. But if you, if you did get, let's say, this imaginary booster I'm talking about, um, it wouldn't necessarily make you better because the player you might be playing against, let's say online or something, they might just be better at you the game anyway. And if you still crash and they go past you, then well, they've beaten you. So um, yeah, I I mean, in terms of the way your character looks and stuff, I used to care about that a bit more. But when it got to um, with this, I was like, okay, I, like I'm not really looking at my character's like jacket and stuff. I'm more concerned about like, okay, is my wheel gonna land where I want it to? So, um, plus you're sort of speeding through like not as fast as you can, but you're sort of going through quite the speed. So, it doesn't necessarily matter as much what your character looks like because you're more focused on, okay, can I get up this ramp or can I land properly or that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, it's one, it's one of the more, it's one of the games where I've sort of almost forgotten about the loot boxes a bit more whenever they come up and it says open box or continue i just immediately hit continue so yeah um, so do i yeah um but yeah with the leveling up and stuff and getting the gold stars and all that i don't really get why they put that in the game and uh i sort of finished with the game today because i got to like the end of the medium levels and i'd heard that trials rising has like more of a grind to it and i think i'd hit that grind and i was like okay i'm i've like played what i want trials is much more one of them games where you don't really finish it um it's more of a case of like okay which level can you get up to um and sort of go from there because i remember with some of the earlier games they had like beginner easy medium hard very hard and then like extreme i never even got to the extreme levels because they were just like uh, can you ride across the set of cones or something crazy like that? So, because um, there's a couple of level, uh, levels that I remember from some of the earlier games where it would be like these round things, and you'd have to like somehow balance and jump between them. So, um, how are you finding the sort of physics and stuff? Like, how are you getting on with the game? It's all the same that I remember from the previous games. Um, mm-hmm. It's just one of those things that I got to get, uh, you know, reused to the controls and reused to being really, really delicate with some of the jumps and everything. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it's, I mean, it's still a good game. I still enjoy the hell out of it. Yeah, it's one of them kind of things where you're like, okay, I'll just go up this ramp, and then you, like, accidentally flip backwards for some reason, uh, and then you just crash. So, um, But the other cool thing, I guess, with the game is the crashing is emphasis more on, like, the comedy, because whenever you, obviously, you get to the end of the levels, you'll crash into something, and it will be more of a, like, 
scene as opposed to like a fail sort of thing. Plus, I remember mm-hmm. with when they int- when they first introduced skill games, which I think was in Trolls Fusion, you actually had like when you you'd you'd ride off of a ramp and you'd uh, press Y to bail out. Uh, or triangle on PlayStation to to bail out, and you'd have to like shoot your character as far forward as you can. Um, I still think that Trolls Fusion is the best game in the series. What What do you think? Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, and the other weird thing is with the the new Trials game is they made all the achievements like really really obtuse. Mm. Like I'm level thirty and I haven't unlocked an achievement yet. Yeah, I didn't really pay attention to to trophies and stuff, but because uh, you're playing on Xbox, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, I'm playing on a PlayStation with mine. So, um, I'd heard, <clears throat> I'd heard as well with the Switch controls that they're a lot more awkward because where the I'll just say LT and RT, or it's like LZ and RZ, I think that they're called, because they're single buttons and they're not really triggers. You'll like automatically do full throttle, but they've added these controls to where your right stick, uh, because obviously you can move your the sticks around a certain amount, that will be like way for you to control how much you accelerate and stuff i think that's just a bit awkward and i i heard that there were some like problems with the switch game and stuff like you can, you can still play it but i heard that it's a bit more awkward and everything but uh yeah i got it for playstation and then i yeah i basically just hit that sort of grind wall um and i did hit it a bit earlier because of the whole stars and and that sort of thing um but how, how are you finding like leveling and getting through that way i'm not having a problem uh leveling like i right. said i'm Close to level thirty, I think I'm like twenty seven or something like that. Okay. Um, but all you gotta do is just you know, once you complete a track, it'll tell you if you didn't get like the gold flaming helmet, it'll tell you how close you are to it. Mm. And usually you're either like a couple seconds off or you had to bail yeah. and you need to not bail. And so just run that track again and just, you know, beat your time. I'm still doing the easy ones just because I'm still, you know, powering through it because I want to get because that's the other thing that's frustrating is that the the more advanced tutorials they put behind level walls, which makes no sense. So I gotta level up to do more training. So I mean, I can kind of understand it in the sense that you know it's a skill progression, but you know, just put it behind like so many number silvers and so many number golds. Don't make this arbitrary level system. Yeah, it's a bit strange. Um, there seems to be a bit more emphasis on like. You you shouldn't speed through each level because there's I've noticed there's certain ramps where like if you do go too fast you'll hit something that's above you. Um, there was this level where I went on. I'm not sure if you've reached it yet, but it had all these like air balloons and stuff or hot hot air balloon things, and mm-hmm. that they, they would like carry certain ramps and stuff. And if you go too I guess too fast and end up going too high, you'll like bump into them, or the the little flame thing you'll bump into that and you'll actually set yourself on fire. Um, so there's a bit more sort of like sort of finesse, I guess, behind it, which is is interesting because it used to be a bit more of like, okay, just sort of power your way through the level. Now it's a bit more like be be a bit more careful and try to sort of plan it a bit better. So I don't know, it's interesting. Um, cool. So anything else you you've been playing? No, I mean we had a short week because we're recording a day earlier because of my wacky work schedule. So mm-hmm. that cut into my gaming time. Plus I had you know. Get ready for you know packing and all that other stuff for the trip. So I didn't get a whole lot of gaming time in this week. Cool. Um. So was it last week I said I went back to, to Zelda? Mm-hmm. Pretty sure it was last week. Yeah. Uh, I finished it now. I finished the game and uh, 
yeah, a lot of people said to me, like, why didn't you play it for a bit longer? Why didn't you explore and get more weapons? And I thought, like, well, I defeated Ganon with what I had, so did I need the other weapons? I don't really think so. Um, plus, I've already found, like, all the big guardian spears and that sort of stuff. And there was... Where the Master Sword is, it's in, like, this forest sort of thing. And as I was preparing to fight Ganon, I thought, like, ah, I better go and, like, see if I can find this and stuff. It's in this really, like, absurd woods sort of maze where you go into these woods and there's all this like weird mist everywhere and you'll have to follow these uh like lamps that, that are lit up and stuff um and you have to go there with you have to go there with a torch and and make it so that it's lit so that you can go through and there's this sort of mechanic where like you have to walk slowly enough to where the fire that you've got will clear the mist so if you walk too fast then you like yeah go through the mist will sort of take over Link too much and he'll sort of teleport out of the level for some reason. Like, there's nothing that attacks him. It's just, like, it covers the screen white because of all the mist and it, like, teleports you back to the start of the maze. It's a bit strange the way it works and the sort of realism behind it, I guess. But, uh, anyway, I, de I defeated the uh, last Divine Beast, which was actually quite fun. Um, and, yeah, it is kind of one of the things, again, where you'll, you will use probably all of your weapons and probably all of your arrows... Uh, and then I went and did the fight with Ganon. I strangely found <coughs> the fight with Ganon to be the easiest boss fight. But you'd probably think like, oh, Ganon, like the, the big bad of the game is going to be really difficult. But essentially what they did was, because there's the four divine beasts, what he did was like reclaim all their sort of tools and powers. And the previous mechanics that those enemies had used, he'll throw those at you. So like certain fire that the enemies throw and electricity and all these different like blasters and stuff um and uh so i sort of knew like oh this is what this attack is going to be and i've blocked it before uh, it still wasn't like easy because i still died a few times but i could sort of see like because i did what i said i was going to do which is sort of carry the momentum with me from beating these other bosses and sort of relearning the game um i was sort of like tuned in a lot better to, to the mechanics and everything and i was doing all like the backflips where you because basically if an enemy sort of swipes at you uh, with with a blade or whatever, you either jump sideways or jump uh, like you, you do a backflip, depending on if they're hitting forward or sideways. Uh, you jump backwards or sideways, and it says, um, I think it's fl flurry rush, and then you tap Y like loads of times, and Link basically does this big like combo thing. Um, and then yeah, I eventually took him down. The ending of the game was a bit anticlimactic. I won't spoil obviously because some people that listen might not have completed it yet. Uh, I mean, I only just completed it myself, so. Some people might not have gotten to it yet. Um, but I'm I wanting to play more Zelda games. And I'm want, wanting to sort of seek them out and stuff. But the only one that's on Switch is the Breath of the Wild. There is the um, Hyrule, Hyrule Warriors game. Which is basically this big like hack and slash kind of thing. But with all the Yeah, different... it's basically Destiny Warriors. But uh, with yeah. the um, Zelda characters. Yeah, with all the, the Hyrule characters and stuff. So you can actually play as, like, I think Zelda and Link and some of the others. And you can play as the different designed versions because of, obviously, all the different previous Zelda games. Uh, so I'm I'm curious to, to jump into that and see what that's about. But, um, yeah, the next game I'm going to go to is, uh, I think it's called Travis Strikes Again, No More Heroes. It's this sort of, like, little action game on the Switch. Um, I think it was announced a long time ago but it came out last year or, or sort of recently um and that looks so like it'll be some fun as well but the next sort of big game that i want to play is uh is sakira so 
because uh, I've, I've been watching this girl called Mars on YouTube, M-A-R-Z, I think she's called, um, and she's kind of, uh, I guess, encouraged me to, to try the game and stuff. I was going to go and play it anyway, but it looks, like, uh, interesting now that I've sort of seen it fully as well. So, um, yeah, what about you? What are you going to be playing next, I suppose? Uh, nothing really, because I'm in Florida until either Friday or Saturday, depending on how long, you know, work takes, because it's one of those things that you got to work till it's done, and then you don't leave till it's done. So I'm probably not either, either I'm going to be getting back late Friday night or mid-Saturday afternoon, mm-hmm. and then that's just going to, you know, kill my weekend, because then everything that I normally do during the week when I'm home, I got to get taken care of and you know, two days, and then we're back to work on Monday, and so I'm, that's going to kill a lot of my time uh, for you know doing anything. So I don't really have anything in the queue. Cool, but I guess you'll be playing more like trials and stuff when you when you can. So yeah, something quick and easy. Yeah, cool. All right, let's jump into uh, some housekeeping. Let you know what else we've been up to. Today's sponsor is Kualu. If you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today. Just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to Kualu to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use which is in the bottom right hand corner. So get started with a new website and domain name today with Kualu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, all you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk. Sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon. There's no difference there. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. And then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in the past. And get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Okay, so recently on Entertainment Talk, uh, a couple of Walking Dead things to mention, not just the AMC TV show. Because uh, the final episode of the Telltale video game series came out and I played it and streamed all of it. Uh, the video version got a little bit uh, messed up, so what I did uh, to sort of make up for it, because it's obviously the final episode was uh, grab all the audio and release it as basically a podcast because uh, obviously I know how to do that sort of stuff um, and I released that as like a full episode uh, in the Walking Dead UK feed and in the main entertainment talk feed as well so basically the audio that you'll hear is my reactions to stuff and the game audio itself as well so uh, it's pretty much the same but just without the video so if you want to have a sort of on the go version uh, that's there available for you as well um, I went to the Walker Stalker Con on Sunday, which was on the, the 31st of March. I uh, had a really good time, and basically to avoid retelling what I already said, uh, I did a whole sort of podcast for it, talking about my experience and everything. And uh, yeah, it was really, really cool. Um, I'm thinking about going next year. It depends on the guests and stuff. I'm not going to buy my tickets as early because they don't seem to sell out quite as quick as, as certain other things. Um, have you ever been to a convention or anything? Yeah, um, here in Indy where I, I live, there's a Gen Con, which is a pretty big board and card gaming convention, and I've gone a few times to that. Cool. How's that? Is it pretty good? Uh, I mean, I only show up on Saturday when uh, um, when the cosplay goes on, because I do photography, and so that's a good way to get you know some, some photography going. I've never actually attended like a Q&A or anything like that. I keep meaning to, but then I just never get around to it. 
Okay, cool. Uh, but yes, my experience about Walker Stalker Con uh, is that's also on the Walking Dead UK feed. So if you wondered why there was two episodes before the new actual episode, that's what they are as well. So that was that. Uh, what else have we done recently? Of course, Black Lightning's recently finished for the season two. Uh, so that was that podcast as well. Uh, I did another episode of the chat podcast. That was episode four. So that's out there for you guys to listen to as well. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow is back soon. So we should have a uh, podcast and, co- and coverage out for that as well. Um, <coughs> the other DC shows, uh, Flash and Arrow, are still continuing for their fifth and seventh seasons. So we've got coverage for those. Uh, and then, of course, the main AMC, The Walking Dead show, is ending uh, this week. Or it has finished and we'll have our podcast episode out tomorrow. Because, like Robert said, we're doing this uh, a day early on the Tuesday. So uh, look out for The Walking Dead UK podcast on Wednesday, like we usually have it for this season finale. Uh, but just quickly, spoiler-free, uh, did you like this season? Uh, or the and the episode? Yeah. Cool, nice. Um, but yes, me and David will have coverage of that as well. And then, of course, next week... Uh, Game of Thrones doesn't return next week, but, uh, <clears throat> yeah, let me just mark that. Yeah, so Game of Thrones doesn't return next week, but we will have our uh, preview podcast up for it for the final season. It's been a long wait, it's been a two-year wait for the eighth and final season. I'm sure we'll have lots of things to discuss. Of course, if you want to get your uh, feedback, questions, comments, uh, or your own I guess death predictions, predictions about I guess the end game of stuff. Um, then uh, Matthew and Entertainment Talk dot org, Twitter E Talk UK. There's the contact page, and you can also find that stuff in your show notes. So yeah, final season of Game of Thrones. It should be really cool. We're very excited, uh, and that's basically gonna just take Walking Dead's slot for six episodes or seven if you count our preview podcast. So that's that as well. Um, Star Trek Discovery is still continuing for Season 2, so that's been interesting to do as well. That will actually finish the, the week Game of Thrones starts, so one thing goes out and another thing comes in. So that's interesting as well. Um, film reviews, I recently reviewed Us, so that podcast is out there. Obviously spoiler and spoiler free. Uh, and on Thursday I'm planning to go and see uh, Pet Cemetery, which is, I believe that's a remake. Is that a remake? Or... It's a Stephen King book. It's been made into a movie a few uh, times. Okay, so it's a newer adaption, I suppose you could call yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going to be seeing that probably on Thursday, and I should have a podcast out for that. Uh, and that's what we got going on at the moment on entertainmenttalk.org or on the podcast platform of your choice. Let's move into some news. Okay, what would you like to talk about today? Oh, well, the first thing we have to talk about is uh, Kaz Harai is moving oh. from semi-retired to mostly retired. Uh, people that are familiar with him know that he stepped down as CEO officially a little over a year ago, passing that role to Kenichiro Yoshida, the CFO, um, and that he got the job basically because he was one of the head people that did the full 180 with Sony you know, making them from a money-losing uh, gadgeteer company to a very profitable company in the PlayStation business. Harai will leave his chairmanship role on June 18th, but will continue to act as the occasional senior advisor for the company upon the request of Sony's management team. 
Uh, he is leaving uh, both his title as chairman and as board of directors. So he stepped down from the CEO, but still held a couple of the titles. Now it looks like he's mostly retired. Hmm. Interesting. Um, so we don't usually see him, do we? We usually see uh, Sean, Sean Layden. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I don't know too much about the guy, but if he's done a good job and he wants to retire, um, th- I mean, but this seems a bit different to the Reggie situation, like, mm-hmm. slightly, because uh, given the details that, that you just said and stuff, it sounds like a little bit different, that he's sort of still going to be involved a little bit, I guess. Yeah. I mean, he's been with the company for all, over 35 years, I uh, got his bio right mm-hmm. here, he joined Sony's music division in 1984. Uh, later moving to the U.S. to lead the label's overseas marketing. He then moved to Sony Computer Entertainment in 1995, uh, prior to the launch of the original PlayStation. He ultimately succeeded uh, Ken Kutagari in 2006 as head of the gaming business. And in 2012, he uh, stepped in to replace Howard Stringer as Sony CEO. But obviously, since he stepped down from that position a year ago, it was just more of a transitionary thing. Hmm. Cool. Well, I don't have that much more to say about this. I mean, if he's going to go on to cool stuff and do other bits and pieces for Sony, then that's that's cool for him. So, uh, anything else you want to say about this? No, I mean, it's always good to see somebody, you know, promote up through the ranks in a company and then get recognized. Obviously, he's well-liked within the board of management because they're still trying to keep him on as little bit as, as he is, you know, just as the, you know, advisor role. So they obviously clearly still want him around helping out. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, what else would you like to talk about today? Uh, well, if you have a Switch online, you can claim a year membership free if you're a Twitch Prime member. Uh, it's a little convoluted. When I say a little convoluted, it may, I mean a lot. Um, the way it works is this. If you're a Twitch Prime member, you have until September 28th to claim three free months of Nintendo Switch online. Now, in order to claim the other nine months, you have to keep that Prime membership going for 60 days after you claim it. And Twitch Prime is usually sold as a year package. So if you're a yearly Twitch Prime subscriber like I am, that's a no-brainer. Obviously, Twitch Prime is part of Amazon Prime. So Mm. you're really, and if you just want to get a free three months, just try a two-month Amazon Prime sub as a free test if you've not done Prime before. Um, and to get, you know, that, because there's your 60 days right there. Um, there is a link that you have to head to. According to the article, it's uh, not easy, but doable. So it's just I've... one of those things that it's kind of a weird collaboration, but then Amazon is starting to get more into the gaming sphere. So I think this is just their first attempt of, you know, showing Nintendo, hey, we can uh, bring people into your service. Uh, let's just try a little free test. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess if you want this badly enough, it is out there for you. You just have to uh, do the things to get it. Uh, it's funny because when we mentioned, obviously, we do like pre-talk before we start recording, and we mention what uh, news pieces we got and stuff. It's the only real podcast that we do that for because with other podcasts, it's like reviews, and we don't we don't <laughs> like talk about the episodes before we start recording. Um, but it's usually a case of like, okay, what have what have you got to talk about? What have I got to talk about? And then you mention that. And I said that I uh, have actually just cancelled my uh, Switch online. Um, I basically just wasn't using it. I wasn't really using the cloud save stuff. I mean, I was for mainly Zelda, but I finished it now. 
Um, and I just didn't. I either didn't have time or just wasn't using the uh, the is it the NES games that, that mm-hmm. they have. Yeah, um, the NES games that they have. I just wasn't really playing them. And then um, like uh, over the last sort of two months, I was like, oh, I've been sort of build again. Uh, and then I sort of I was on my Switch playing Zelda, and I was like, wait a minute, I should switch off the uh, the renewal thing. Um, I have it until some point in April, so I've still got it for a bit. But yeah, it's it, not a case that I disliked it. It's just I simply wasn't using it, so why should I pay for it? Um, so that's that as well. But uh, yeah, it's interesting to see these sort of deals happen as well, because like with with Xbox Game Pass, there's been some little deals here and there and stuff. I'm sure there was some sort of if you buy like a digital copy of Spider-Verse or something, you've got like a month's Game Pass. Don't quote me exactly on, on that deal. I just like sort of briefly read it when it came up. But I've seen other bits and pieces. Uh, and you didn't didn't they have like, you know, Taco Bell stuff with Xbox where you could like win an Xbox or something. So Yeah, well, Taco Bell has done promotions with both sides of the fence before because yeah. they did like a, a gold PS4 as part of the like gold cheese promotion for some item. And then they had like a, a double Gordita thing where you could win an Xbox One X. Mm-hmm. Um, so they do gaming promotions all the time. So Cool. Uh, but yes, if you want this Twitch Prime thing or Nintendo Switch Online thing, there's too many different online services and there's more coming because Disney Plus isn't out yet and Apple just announced a thing and Google's got a thing and everybody's going to have a thing. Isn't Warner Brothers doing a streaming service as well? I think uh, Warner Brothers is. D- I don't know about Warner Brothers. I know DC has a streaming service now. Yeah, I heard that Warner it's, Brothers is going to have their their own one or something. That's, I don't know, but if you want to watch uh, DC Titans, the only way you can do it in the US is through the uh, DC streaming service. Yeah, so yeah, there's more on the way and there's other ones that are already out there. So, um, Cool, what else would you like to talk about? Well, uh, we got a little announcement from the upcoming Elder Scrolls 6 game from PAX this weekend. Uh, the woman's name is Shirley Curry. She's more affectionately known as Skyrim Grandma. Uh, she is a YouTuber that does streams of Skyrim. She has almost 500,000 subscribers on her YouTube channel which is mostly known for her videos of her Dragonborn adventures. Uh, the Bethesda's 25th anniversary panel at PAX East, a video celebrating the Elder Scrolls community, uh, Shirley was announced as being a NPC in the game. So they had a little video of her getting face scanned in. Hmm. Uh, they call it photogrammery. I didn't even know that was a word. <laughs> I think it's photogrammetry or some variant of that, where okay. basically it's just a full 3D body scan. But you got a little glimpse of her you know how she was standing up you know for well how she was facing for some of the scan scans and then a little tease as to what her character is going to look like in skyrim 6 cool. or yeah elder scrolls 6 for yeah whatever that's what going to be uh, like like nobody's going to call it skyrim 6 <laughs> right yeah um cool so what do you think of this I mean, it's always great when, you know, a company, you know, gives props to their fan base. And obviously Bethesda has been hurting a bit with the whole, you know, Fallout 76 kerfuffle Mm -hmm. debacle. And so it's always good to report positive stories. Yeah, it is. Because, like, 
recently. Oh, one thing I forgot to mention in housekeeping, which just reminded me, I did a little. Because uh, speaking of bad games, I did a little discussion piece on uh, why we shouldn't accept bad AAA video games, and that's out there for you guys to listen to as well. Uh, you just reminded me of the whole Fallout seventy six thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's nice when you know, because uh, some people probably will see this and be like, oh, that's that's stupid, why are you putting this old woman in the game? But hey, if she's nice and if she's got involved with the fan base and stuff and uh, knows or has ended up knowing Todd Howard or whatever, and um, I mean, it's not like she's got a big place in the company or something, as you know, a little NPC sort of thing. Um, and obviously with massive games like Elder Scrolls, she isn't going to be like, presumably be one of the big main characters. It's just, it's just a nice little thing to do, isn't it? So... Yeah, I mean, and it's not like she's not unknown. I mean, you don't just yeah. get half a million YouTube subscribers. No, you don't, trust me. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but yeah, good luck to her. I mean, hopefully she has everybody has fun with uh, the interactions and stuff. What, what do you think she's going to do? Like some sort of shopkeeper thing? or Maybe like... a shopkeeper, maybe like a quest NPC, something like that. Hopefully it's not yeah. like that annoying guy that's at the fountain when you like when you first hit the big first main city in the skyrim and then there's that one dude that's in front of that statue that's just like preachifying constantly and just get to the point where you just want to throw fruit at him and everything hopefully it's not like a really annoying character like that yeah yeah they've actually got this character in um zelda breath of the wild this uh I guess, you, I guess you could call him a shopkeeper. And every time you go to one of the stables, there's about five in the game. I don't know exactly the number, that, but that's roughly how many there is. He's the the same uh, like model of the same person. So if you have her maybe at all of the uh, shopkeeper things, maybe not for all the same items, because again, with a big game like Elder Scrolls, there's going to be different things to buy. Um, so yeah, just depends what they decide to do there. But uh, good luck to her. So yeah, um, she's done something right. So <laughs> Yeah. Um, Good luck to her as well. Uh, cool. What else would you like to talk about? Uh, well, the last thing that I have to talk about is a little announcement from Sega. Because mm. apparently they uh, forget that digital exists as a platform and we need more crap on our shelves. Uh, Sega has officially announced on Twitter that the Sega Mega Drive Mini will now be coming out September 19th of this year. Pre-orders are available right now. It's uh, 70 pounds, uh, which makes it $80. Uh, the mini console, retro console, will come preloaded with 40 classic games, two wire controllers, and HDMI compatibility. Um, that's the uh, Sega Mega Mini Drive, is what it's going to be called in the UK. It's going to be called the Sega Genesis Mini uh, over here in the US. Uh, is, 10... that, is that what the original consoles were called? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I've like. My history with Sega is pretty empty, so yeah, yeah. Well, it's Sega fell into that weird category as they were kind of like kind of ish a rival with Nintendo back in the SNES and mm. NES days, but they never really had the mainstream appeal that Nintendo did. Right, uh, but it was a, it was another option. Uh, ten games have been confirmed so far, so it's Echo the Dolphin, Castlevania. Space Harrier 2, Shining Force, Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, which apparently is a game. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Toji and Neural, Comic Zone, uh, a Sonic, uh, the Hedgehog, uh, Mega Drives, which I've never... Most of these games, I... I mean, it's just, I mean, it's one of those things that if you're my age... 
you could kind of remember him, but even then, that was kind of. Uh, I mean, they just weren't that, that popular. I mean, I'm sure I'm going to get raked over the coals on this, but in terms of like actual numbers and sales, they never really had that uh, um, kind of a thing. Okay. I mean, hell, um, Sony VR sold more than the Sega CD drive. Mm. Yeah. Um. I mean, to me, when someone says Sega, the only thing I kind of think of is, is Sonic. Uh, and even then with Sonic, it's like, you know, I don't really care about him that much. So, um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if, you, if you're into this and stuff and you have, like, someone's got nostalgia for this, so they're going to be pretty happy with it. So, um, and just by the sounds of the few things that you've mentioned, like 40 games instead of 20 and two uh, controllers and stuff. Um, actually, the classic PlayStation Classic had two controllers, didn't it? Or did it? Yes. Yeah, the biggest problem was it was like only twenty games, and nobody yeah. really liked the games that were out. And there was so. no analog sticks, so mm-hmm. um, yeah. I mean, it already sounds like they're doing a, a better job than, than PlayStation. So, um, but then again, with the PlayStation Classic, lots of people have like got the adapter thing, put their PS4 controller connected to it, hacked it, and added like hundred and fifty plus games. So. They've mm-hmm. ended up with the PlayStation Classic that they want, but it's just taken a bit more of the effort on the user side of things. So, um, I've noticed the. How much have you sort of seen the PlayStation Classic for in in the US? I've seen it as cheap as forty, and there's a lot uh-huh. of the the big box stores that'll do like you know a special one day thing where you get a, like a twenty percent off coupon or something like that. So I have people seeing actually at the register as low as twenty eight bucks. I saw one uh, recently in, I think it's CEX, that shop. Um, they had it at £50, and then I went back like a week later, maybe just under a week later, and it was like 45 so that's like dropping. Um, I mean, I'm probably going to do th- the same thing with it. Um, I already have actually got, because I was actually using, um, I've got one of the controller adapter things, and what I was actually using it for for now is... Um, I was using my PS4 controller with the Switch, which actually works quite well uh, and made Breath of the Wild a lot easier to sort of play. Um, I mean, I can I can use the Joy-Cons, but like when I'm doing the more sort of at-home at experience, I wanted a, a sort of better controller to use, so um, I connected it with that as well. Um, but uh, yeah, I could probably use it with that and do the other stuff with it. So Because um, it's not... If you search for PlayStation Classic stuff on YouTube, it's not a secret that people have been hacking it. There's multiple videos of people saying, hey, you can just go and do this and download this thing and put it on the stick and do that. So, I mean, me mentioning it isn't going to make a difference because I'm far from the first person to, to mention it. So, Because uh, people were doing it like, what, a week after the thing came out? They were like, hey, you can actually open all these menus and change things and stuff. So, uh, yeah. That that's that side of things as well. Do you have any? You have you have some classic consoles, don't you? I did pick up uh, NES Classic, but that was more of a a fear missing out because they did the relaunch of it, and yeah. I didn't know if they were ever going to do a relaunch of it again. And I played it a bit, and it was cool. And then it's just kind of been collecting dust. Hmm. Okay, cool. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that side of things. What else would you like to talk about? Well, that's all I had to talk about. We had a couple of things that were similar, so I was just going to go ahead and let you go with it. Cool. Um, so you wanted to leave the cyberpunk stuff till last, so I won't mention that now. Uh, the only other thing I have to talk about um, was a little, little piece of news from Push Square. They said that half of the UK game sales were digital in 2018. 
what do you think of that? Uh, I mean, digital is where it's all going to go eventually. I mean, we're not quite there now. No. Just because we don't really have the bandwidth for that. Um, but it's it's definitely the future eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not I'm not surprised. So yeah, um, I mean, there's not really much more to say about that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of got to a point more with like I'll definitely buy something like a Hellblade or a Limbo or some of these smaller indie like smaller games and stuff uh, digital wise like Celeste I brought as well. Um, I did actually buy is it Hollow Knight for for the Switch and stuff. Um, so when you do have, when I don't basically have the Boomerang physical retail version option and I do see some of these other indie games like the ones I just mentioned, I do tend to buy those um, physical. It's actually quite annoying because what, like a year later, Hellblade's like <laughs> got physical copies on, on uh, out there and stuff. But hey, I support the developers a, a little bit more than I suppose I usually do. So sometimes I feel a bit strange where it's like, hey, I had to pay... $60 for this game and it's like I pay a, a fairly small amount of money each month and I can kind of t- to a certain degree I suppose play most of what I want um it, it just depends on like uh how much um stock and stuff that they have um but yeah it's going to become more of a thing and obviously it still kind of does surprise me that people do go for the full like $80 special edition digital thing but um I don't know. Do, I, do you still do you pre-order any games or buy any digital games and stuff? Uh, the only game that I've pre-ordered so far was uh, Cyberpunk 2077, and mm-hmm. I only pre-ordered that because Amazon was doing a thing a while back to where if you pre-ordered a game, you got 20% off, okay. which is not an insignificant discount, and then they canceled that program. So I pre-ordered it right before they canceled it to make sure that I got the 20% off. Plus, I knew... Everything that's come out about that game has just re- reaffirmed the fact that I want to play that game. <laughs> so I'm never not going to play that game. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be a physical version then. So yeah, yeah, cool. From Amazon, like you said. Um, but yeah, uh, in terms of my digital sales, digital digital purchases, that's all I tend to really do. Um, obviously, in terms of video stuff, it's now TV, Netflix, that sort of thing. So um, but yeah, interesting that half because I mean half is a big percent. So. Um, yeah. Do you know anything digital wise about US stuff? Do you have you ever heard uh, they any don't numbers? they don't really give out the numbers. The NPD, which is a website that used well not a website, it was a group that had a website that used to track all that stuff because yeah. other companies would report those numbers and they would pour them in. They don't really do that anymore. I mean you can still see like top ten, top twenty for like, you know, Microsoft sales and PlayStation sales, but it only tells you what they rank in, not uh, how many actual numbers. Unless a company has like a big blowout like uh, Red Dead 2 did, and they brag about their numbers, you don't really see them anymore. Mm. So everything that you see is just kind of estimates. Yeah. Uh, cool. So that's it for the uh, game sales side of things. And then the last thing that we have to talk about, other than emails, which we'll jump into afterwards... Uh, Cyberpunk, the game that you just mentioned, the game that we've been hinting at for a bit. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 has no game over screens, and you can only fail, uh, you can't fail unless you die. So if, if you fail a mission but you don't die, you somehow continue it, and you can maybe, like, alter the plot slightly? 
Um, yeah, this is actually not a new concept. I know, I forget exactly which episode, but I know I've talked about this on the podcast before. There was an old uh, computer game series back when I was in college called Wing Commander. And it had a branching storyline based because you were basically a space pilot fighting against a giant cat race called the Kilrathi. And it was literally just like, imagine a lion standing up being a foot taller than you and then being a space pirate, which actually still sounds awesome to this day. Hmm. Um, anyway, so you were part of the Space Navy and you were a pilot in space and you got sent on missions and then the story changed depending on whether you passed the mission or failed the mission. But if you failed the mission, the story continued because, and that's one of the things I know I've complained about is that, you know, failure is a part of life and that's never really been reflected in video games outside of that series that I can remember. Now I'm sure it's been in other series that I might've missed and might've not played because that was my college years and those were pretty lean years money wise. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm glad that they're bringing this back. Um, there's no reason why you can't fail a mission and still continue on. I mean, obviously, if you're dead, you can't continue on. But right, because there's no um, players. So <laughs> yeah, we don't have to win every race. We don't have to beat every level. Sometimes we don't win, and I'm glad that they're taking that. That just shows how much effort they're willing to put into a story that they're willing to write contingencies and scenarios in the story if you don't succeed. Mm. I wonder what kind of, like, limits this might sort of have or, um, like, how how this will kind of work in terms of, um, like, what different types of missions there is and how you can fail them necessarily. Because, um, like you said, there's, I mean, in a world like Cyberpunk, there's probably going to be a lot of different things to do. Um, but like if you, for example, in Red Dead, if you lose a game of like five finger fillet, you simply lose it and walk off. Um, and like same with like poker and and those sorts of like little mini games. Uh, Obviously if you lose those, you just lose whatever money your player has, uh, put on there and then you, you just walk off. Um, but obviously with like, I'm curious to see how this works out with like specific plot and character stuff and like how that will work like choice wise later in the game because it's i mean it's not a case of um i mean would it be a case of like let's say you have to kill a certain person or like you have to assassinate a certain person or something because we don't know the exact details of what certain missions might be but that's just my guess as to what some of the things that you might be doing what about if you like uh didn't kill them or like something else happened um like how would that sort of work going forward what would you like to sort of see from that well, the obvious possibility is, let's say you were supposed to kill somebody, and then you didn't kill them. Mm-hmm. Then they could take that character model and then replace it with another character model on a future mission where somebody tries to kill you, and it's the person you didn't kill trying to kill you back. That's obviously yeah. the easiest thing to do. Um, the article that, that we're both referencing is from an IGN article, and it, in the article it says... Uh, uh, Philip Weber, who was speaking uh, with the German website GameStar about this, he said, uh, um, let's say you have a job to protect a client. There's nothing stopping you from calling in at a restaurant to get a hamburger. And if the client dies while you're out getting your food, then the game continues. So let's say somebody hired you to uh, protect that person, and then you didn't. Well, maybe they don't hire you anymore. Or maybe they hire you at a significantly reduced rate. 
or some other kind of punishment. Or they make you do a job with uh, no reward as punishment for failing the mission. There's, I mean, there's a ton of ways. It just depends on how they're willing to implement it. But this just brings it back to The Witcher 3 and how they're able to weave that story and, you know, make things, you know, make quests on a clock and make quests where if you don't do something within a certain time period, you fail. And, oh, by the way, we didn't tell you about that time period. You should have just done it and not put it in the back burner. Um, so I have no problem seeing them as being able to pull this off. Yeah. I mean, now that you mentioned The Witcher as well, I remember there was a... Um, I couldn't spoil it because I can't remember the name of the character. Um, but there's a certain character you have to go and, like, kill or something, and this certain person says to you, oh, can you go to this rough location and pick up this item and bring it back so I can heal them? Um, and then, like, I actually... Because, obviously, in a game like Witcher, you'll get distracted. Uh, I'd gotten distracted and was like, hey, I'm just going to look at my uh, quest list and stuff. And it said, like, failed mission. I was like, oh, yeah, that's the thing. I had to go and help that person and I was able to track where the mission still was obviously again massive open world you'll lose where things are um I went back there and the character was like oh it's a shame you couldn't come back to save so and so and then that was just that was that the character was just simply dead and and the character that had asked me uh was just still going on with with things that they were doing so I can see obviously in in side quests how you do certain things like this but um, because like in Red Dead, for example, if you choose to help someone or not to help them, like if they come up to you and call you over to the side of the road, uh, and they say <coughs> like, "Hey, can you uh give me this specific thing or something?" and you shoot them in the head, they're simply dead, and that quest dies with it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's actually other missions as well where like this guy gives you he has like a treasure map. There's actually like several different treasure maps. And uh, he'll say, like, oh, I have this thing, and do you want to, like, come with me and, and get it and stuff? And you can choose to, again, kill the guy, shoot him in the head, take the map and stuff. But the difference, I think, that happens is he doesn't tell you where the thing is. You have to work it out yourself, so you still get the map. But the only details that you have is the map because you killed the guy before he could tell you more. So um, I'm curious to see how much of this will be implemented in, like, the main actual story plot. I assume they still have their own story that they want to tell with Cyberpunk and how all that's going to work. So, um, yeah. Like, for example, if, like, the main villain is running off or something and you have to run after them and they go 50 miles ahead of you and you lose them, what happens there? Do you get what I mean? Like, how would, mm-hmm. how would that sort of work? Because if they say that there's no game over screens it won't say hey you lost this because you we've probably had that in the game before where it say hey you lost track of your target and you have to restart from the checkpoint so i don't know it's it's going to be an interesting sort of ambitious thing for them to do but again like robert said this is from the guys that made the witcher which is an incredibly ambitious game so yeah good luck to them hopefully they pull off something really really good i've got uh quite a lot of faith as well um but uh yeah we'll see what they come out with so uh, is there anything else you want to say on this? Uh, no, not really. Cool. Let's move on to the emails for for this week. Uh, you can send yours into Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org. Twitter, eTalkUK, there's the contact page as well, and there's also information in your show notes. Bethany says, hey guys, do you see Sony returning to E3 next year, so for 2020? I can see them not doing a big PS5 event until next year with a release next year. So she's basically thinking that it will all happen in one year instead of them announcing PS5 later this year or something and then coming out next year. Uh, what what do you see Sony doing in terms of E3 and 
they're planning. Because Sony's more to uh, the mysterious one at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I kind of would like to see E3 to become more of a, a smaller indie slash developer thing and then just let Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo all do basically directs. Okay. Um, let them, you know, have a rando time where they can just, um, you know, pop in, say, hey, this and this and this and this and this, which which uh, Microsoft already kind of does with the Inside Xbox show. Mm-hmm. I mean, that could be, be made into, uh, you know, more of a thing. So, yeah. And then Sony had the direct, which was way too brief for an actual thing, but, uh, yeah. you know, it is what it is. Yeah, it's funny when um, some and Nintendo. Talk, it's funny when some people talk about, like, all oh, these E3 conferences, they're too long and there's too much talking, and then, then the state of play comes along and everyone's like, hey, that was too quick. <laughs> Give us more. Um, but yeah, it was their, it was their first attempt at doing something like that, and they'll they said that they're gonna have more of them. So I'm curious to see what they do there. Uh, what what else was you gonna say? Oh, and no, I was gonna say Nintendo does that every now and then with Nintendo Direct as well. So mm-hmm. and they'll literally say like on Monday they'll say, hey, new Direct on Thursday, tune in at two or something, mm-hmm. and then that'll be it. So um, yeah, I I don't know about E3 next year. It depends. I mean, I guess it depends what they reveal in these next state of play things. Because, like, obviously with their <coughs> smaller upcoming games like Concrete Genie and Iron Man VR and all those sorts of, like, smaller games, they can do those things in there. It depends, obviously, with the four the four bigger question marks, PS5, Last of Us, Death Strand, and Ghost of Tsushima. When will they talk about those next? Um, and will that be E3 2020? Will it be in state of play in October or something we have no idea so it could be August could be July could be December could be any month that they they decide to do um and it's also part of the question like will they do basically a PSX state of play or just do um PSX it it, it depends but um how, how do you feel about the sort of I guess mystery of Sony <coughs> sort of not saying when they're going to say something next because Nintendo and Xbox have both basically said okay we'll, we'll be at E3 and you know that that's going to happen um, but mm-hmm. Sony's more like you don't know when they're going to jump in next and speak what What do you kind of think of that? Uh, I mean it's really hard telling because I think they did the state of play as just kind of a test Yeah. to see you know how people reacted what they need to change honestly I think what Sony really kind of needs, at least in terms of the games, is somebody to be the, the face of the company. Because we had, you know, Reggie fils until he decided to retire, but I'm sure somebody will step up and take that role. Obviously, with Xbox, we've got Major Nelson and everybody that he has on his shows and his podcast. Uh, but Sony's never really had that. I mean, obviously, they've got mascots with their games, but just, you know, kind of a human face to it. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see Sean Layden come in and talk more. So, because uh, even like you said with Major Nelson, you do still have Phil Spencer comes out and talks a, a good amount uh, as well. Like I sort of see him respond to stuff on Twitter and and that sort of thing. Um, and obviously Nintendo like to to do their own thing as well. So you, you kind of mentioned that if the three of them don't do E3 and then you have more indie stuff, what do you what do you mm-hmm. think in terms of like Ubisoft and EA and Bethesda then? Because they're like their own kind of thing as well. Yeah, it, it's one of those things that, you know, we can get more from developers, and then we can still have, you know, Sony and Microsoft, because Bethesda and Microsoft have a really good relationship, and we see a lot of 
Bethesda stuff at yeah. the Microsoft conference and vice versa. So there can always be that as a thing, you know, because obviously with uh, um, the company that's making uh, Days Gone and uh, uh, The Last of Us Part Two, obviously in uh, Horizon, whenever that sequel comes out, mm-hmm. uh, those companies are obviously in bed with uh, Sony. So, you know, they could have their own little press conference, you know, have a little show and then have like, you know, in Florida and whatever. So, yeah. Uh, Tyler says you have both talked about your most anticipated game. I think he's talking about episode 150, the single most anticipated game. Uh, but what is your most anticipated game for 2019? For me, it's Link's Awakening. Another fan of Link's Awakening. We had somebody mention that a few weeks ago as well. <clears throat> but obviously, Zelda's a big franchise, so that makes sense. Um, so not your next most anticipated game, but out of the things that have got 2019 listed, I suppose, what are you most looking forward to? Ah, nothing really is jumping out at me. Everything, I mean, so much is coming out on a daily basis that it's hard to really have anything as anticipated. Plus, since I don't really pre-order games anymore, still kind of holding an outside hope that we might get uh, Cyberpunk this year, but I really doubt it. Mm. I mean, obviously, we're going to get a big announcement at E3 because they've made a lot of noise about, you know, being at E3. Yeah. So that, we'll just have to see from there. Do you think they'll announce the release date at DC? Possibly. DC3? Or just more gameplay stuff? Definitely Maybe. more gameplay stuff. Yeah. I'd also like to see a bit more of like the characters, because they haven't really said, like, they haven't really given people names and what they do and, and that sort of thing. So, uh, I mean, there's still a lot of information that could come out for Cyberpunk before it gets released. So, uh, I mean, for me, obviously, Crash Team Racing is going to be a big thing. They have been releasing a lot of... <coughs> Excuse me, my cough's really bad today. I've... um. Yeah, they've been releasing a lot of images for the different different tracks and stuff. And uh, in the Crash Bandicoot groups, they've been showing a lot of like leaked images of like character selections and stuff. There was this one guy yesterday on on a uh, April Fool's Day. He released he shared this picture and it had all the Spyro characters, but I didn't quite believe that because it was April Fools and it just doesn't quite make sense. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, Activision owns those characters and um, they could feasibly put that in, but it was posted yesterday, so. Who knows if that's actually true? Uh, it's more, it's one of the more slightly believable things that came out yesterday. So, um, what was your favorite like uh, April Fool's thing from yesterday? Did you find anything particularly funny or interesting? Uh, the one I liked the most. I don't see that happening, obviously. But there was a uh, a Halo theme switch <laughs> that I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, Halo's coming to the switch. Um, I thought the uh, everything's coming to switch fake mini direct was was quite funny brian altano actually said that he made that for ign so credit to him that must have taken Mm -hmm. a bit of work but yeah going back to anticipated games um with me being well pretty far from his older fan i've only played one game in the franchise uh but from me enjoying that quite a bit and obviously we saw a little snippet of Link's awakening uh in one of their recent directs um i'm curious to see how that game plays because it's obviously a bit more of a sort of not this massive open world 3D thing. It's more this sort of smaller type. Of game. I don't know quite how to describe it, but it's more this sort of smaller type of game. Um, so I'm curious to see the mechanics of that and what that's all about. But that's it's got my attention certainly. So um, Crash Team Racing, obviously, like I said, uh, that should be pretty fun. I'm not expecting to enjoy it as much as the Insane Trilogy because it's obviously the more, I guess, meaningful game to me because it's you know all the platforming and more of the crash 
story and stuff whereas this is just like you know racing and and that sort of fun stuff but i'm i'm hoping i'll still have fun with it and, and enjoy it so that should be fun as well uh days gone i'm excited for but i'm gonna hold all my sort of excitement or like i've i've not really looked for coverage for that game plus because sony's actually come out a bit more and showed more of it like they did in their state of play but um like i said in episode 150 i'm pretty far from zombie fatigued um which is an unusual thing to say considering most people seem to be quite fatigued on zombies um but i just think they're such a cool and interesting and kind of simple concept in a way uh but yeah i'm curious to see the the zombie story there and, and everything what's your um zombie fatigue levels these days uh, i don't have a zombie fatigue level i definitely have a zombie game with uh, uh state of decay 2 fatigue just in the sense that you know i played a lot of that game and then you know you get to the point to where you're just playing the same thing over and over again and supposedly there's going to be some new maps coming out but the, also there's a rumor that it's just the maps from the first game okay. which you know what's the point because right. i played the first game quite a lot so <laughs> yeah and the first game is on xbox one so mm-hmm. yeah that's that um but yeah i'm curious to see how how that comes out and see all, all that sort of stuff but yeah i mean if you ask us this question again after e3 we'll probably have i guess more of an answer for you mm-hmm. we have no idea what's coming out in september october november december uh we could guess certain things but you know things that have got 2019 year windows but like we're at that period in the year where we're only in the first half of the year just about <laughs> and uh, we don't know what's coming out in the second half. So, yeah, ask us again after E3. I'm sure we'll have a bit of a different answer. But thank but thank you both for writing in. It's always really appreciated when you when you guys write in and stuff and gives us different uh, things to talk about. And obviously you guys have different pr- perspectives uh, or yeah, perspectives and um, different things to talk about. So thank you all uh, always for doing that as well. Uh, that's it for the podcast. Thank you all very much for listening. You can find all of the content on entertainmenttalk.org. You can, uh, yeah, f- yeah, find all the content on, on the website and stuff. Um, I already mentioned how you can get in touch with emails, but look in your show notes if you need to go back and check that and stuff. Uh, if you'd like to support the podcast and support Entertainment Talk, there's patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk. That's where you can go and redeem rewards for reviews of your choice. Amazon affiliate link, that's where you can shop on Amazon. We'll get a small cut of what you spend. Speaking of Amazon, as we did earlier, uh, you can do that. We'll get a small cut, but it won't cost you anything extra iTunes feeds, please rate, review, subscribe to those. That helps us out as well. And then the last way you can support us, and the way that I'd recommend, the way that's easiest to support us, word of mouth. If you see people talking about these games, shows, films, or movies, whatever you describe them as, uh, tell people about the website and the iTunes feeds, uh, and say, hey, these guys have covered this thing or that thing. Um, I mean, the stuff that we haven't covered, but there's a lot of stuff that we have. So tell your friends, family, tell people that you know. Uh, if you see people talking on social media, that kind of stuff, that all helps us as well. Uh, and social media, if you're following us on uh, Twitter or Facebook, um, you can share the posts from there, retweet them and stuff. I actually get notified when that happens as well, so I can directly thank you, uh, which I always do. So please do that as well, that helps us out. Uh, and lastly, video games, if you want to watch me, Robert or David, play different video games. Me and David have got Twitch streaming channels, Robert's got one on Mixer. Thank you all very much for listening, and uh, yeah, we'll see you um, either later this week for the Walking Dead finale talk, or for whatever else we'll have going on in the past, present, and future. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.